I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe, all is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Let me start this episode with a quote from Steve Maraboli: "Forgiveness is a reflection of loving yourself enough to move on." Quote unquote. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Be Honest. And if you are a first-time listener, welcome. Yes, today's topic is forgiveness. Allow me to give you two more quotes before I provide you with the scientific research on forgiveness relating to both our mental and physical well-being. This quote is from Catherine Ponder, an American minister. When you hold resentment toward another. You are bound to that person or condition by an emotional link that is stronger than steel. Forgiveness is the only way to dissolve that link and get free. Quote, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, and I quote: 
Forgiveness is not an occasional act; it is a constant attitude. Unquote. That's right. You think you are over it. You pretend everything is okay, but something isn't quite right. You have trouble sleeping. You can't stop thinking about what happened. You can't seem to move on. We have a hard time forgiving people. Well, some more than others. The reason is because many of us have faulty notions of what forgiveness is in the first place, like receiving an apology or being reconciled with the person that hurt us. We may not want to admit it, but sometimes when we are looking to offer forgiveness, we want it to be because somebody else conceded first. But you see, what you are waiting for may never happen, especially when dealing with toxic people, because they are the ones that are not able to concede or apologize. So now let me share with you the scientific research on the topic of forgiveness. Back in 2009, Akhtar's research on adolescence and forgiveness. And I quote: Psychological well-being fosters positive emotions in adolescents, so that they would feel satisfaction and happiness in their life. Besides, it could reduce depression and negative behavior in adolescents. Besson, 2008, stated that psychological well-being in adolescents is very important as a protective factor to reduce negative effects on adolescents. Such as depression, anxiety, loneliness, and juvenile delinquencies, such as drinking alcohol, smoking, and drug abuse. In addition, adolescents with psychological well-being could experience a more positive life in intrapersonal and interpersonal relations, as well as in their school life. And that's the research result from Gilman and Koibner, 2006; Proctor, Linney, and Maudby in 2010. So, my audience, now let me share with you the story of Everett Worthington, PhD's story. He had been studying forgiveness for nearly a decade when he was faced with the worst possible opportunity to put his research to the test. His mother was murdered in a home invasion. Although the police were confident they had identified the perpetrator, the man was never persecuted, so there was no justice. But despite the tragic nature of that loss, it didn't mean forgiveness was off the table. And here's what Dr. Worthington said, and I quote: "I had applied the forgiveness model many times, but never to such a big event. As it turned out, I was able to forgive the young man quite quickly." Unquote. A fun fact about Dr. Worthington: He said he had a professor in grad school that gave him a B, and it took him ten years to forgive that guy. So he is not claiming that he's a superstar in forgiving. However, his message is that developing the skill would take years of practice. So, my audience, whether you have suffered a minor slight or a major grievance, learning to forgive those who hurt you can significantly improve both psychological well-being and your physical health. Dr. Worthington also said that forgiveness is a topic that is psychological, social, and biological. It's the true mind-body connection. So, what is forgiveness? 
Many people think of forgiveness as letting go or moving on, but there's more to it than that," says Bob Enright, PhD. He is a psychologist at the University of Wisconsin Medicine, who pioneered the study of forgiveness three decades ago. He says that true forgiveness goes a step further, offering something positive, such as empathy, compassion, and understanding toward the person who hurt you. That element makes forgiveness both a virtue and a powerful construct in positive psychology. Now, unfortunately, outside scientific circles, many people are a bit confused about the concept. That is the intention of this episode: is to give you clarity on what true forgiveness means. Now, I dare say, the one common but mistaken belief is that forgiveness means letting the person who hurt you off the hook. No, definitely not. Bear in mind, forgiveness is not the same as justice. It also doesn't require reconciliation. For example, a former victim of abuse shouldn't reconcile with an abuser who remains potentially dangerous. However, the victim can still come to a place of empathy and understanding. Dr. Worthington says, and I quote. Whether I forgive or don't forgive isn't going to affect whether justice is done. Forgiveness happens inside my skin. Unquote. Another misconception is that forgiving someone is a sign of weakness, and to that, Doctor Worthington says, and I quote: "Well, the person must not have tried it." Unquote. Yes, indeed. I'm sure you all agree with me that at times forgiveness is so difficult and challenging to do, and there may be very good reasons to make the effort. Research has shown that forgiveness is linked to mental health outcomes such as reduced anxiety, depression, and major psychiatric disorders, as well as with fewer physical health symptoms and lower mortality rates. So now let me circle back to Dr. Enright's research. He believes there are other important mechanisms by which forgiveness works its magic, and one of those he suggests is toxic anger. And he says that there is nothing wrong with healthy anger, but when anger is very deep and long-lasting, it can do a number on us systematically. And he says, "I quote: When you get rid of anger, your muscles relax." You are less anxious. You have more energy. Your immune system can strengthen. Unquote. Last and definitely not least, forgiveness can also help rebuild self-esteem. Doctor Enright says, and I quote: When people are beaten down by injustice, you know who they end up not liking? Themselves. When you stand up to the pain of what happened to you and offer goodness to the person who hurt you, you change your view of yourself. Unquote. In life, we can hold on to a lot of anger and resentment. These grievances only offer a lifetime of hurt and should be dealt with. Based on the research results, we now know that despite the enormity of suffering a person may have faced, it is possible to let this pain go and forgive. 
So now I'm going to share with you the last research that is done by Dr. Frederick Luskin, director of the Stanford University Forgiveness Project 2003. And Dr. Luskin says, and I quote, Not only is forgiveness good for the soul, but it also has positive benefits on our mental and even physical well-being, unquote. When Dr. Luskin began his research back in 2003, there were few studies in the field of forgiveness and limited knowledge on the tools that could help those who had suffered the most. So in the absence of clear guidance, Dr. Luskin began his work with several untested assumptions. First is that the process of forgiveness remains the same irrespective of the offense. So that means forgiveness is a process. And while the duration and difficulty will vary significantly, it can be equally applied to all levels of pain, whether it's the result of someone being rude to us in a store or a life cut short or a partner cheating. For one of his studies, he recruited students between 18 and 30 who wished to attend forgiveness training to resolve personal issues. Split into groups, he interviewed them before and after the training. Results confirmed that forgiveness training helps people, number one, to feel significantly less hurt, Two, learn techniques for forgiving specific and more general resentment. And three, forgive the particular person who had caused them pain. So overall, findings suggested that learning to forgive improves psychological and physiological wellness and offers protection against future upsets. Forgiveness training also leads individuals to become emotionally stronger, experience greater confidence, and be increasingly optimistic. Same findings were echoed in Dr. Luskin's later work as part of the Stanford University Forgiveness Project, working with adults between 25 and 50 years of age. Forgiveness training was also found to reduce stress and improve overall health. So my audience, it is clear from the ongoing research that forgiveness of both day-to-day incidental issues and longer-term grudges offers prolonged physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. So I'm sure right now you are eager to learn some practical skills for forgiveness, right? So let me end this episode by offering you five practical tools to practice forgiveness. Number one is acceptance. Now, my audience, it is important to understand that acceptance is not about defeat or resignation. It is about accepting what has happened. After all, while change is inevitable, suffering is the result of our resistance to it, particularly when the change has been forced upon us and is not something that we like. So acceptance shifts the balance. Your view of what is happening alters. So by applying acceptance, you separate the pain that is inevitable Because change is inevitable. That's life, isn't it? 
may it be positive or negative changes. So you separate the pain that is inevitable from the suffering that is optional. In order to forgive, you must accept the past. This is not to say you like it or that it was within your power to stop it, but it has happened and cannot be undone. Second tool is to emotional regulate. Emotional regulation helps you manage your emotions and avoid hijacking your amygdala, the part of the brain that is responsible for initiating your fight, flight, or freeze reaction. So research has shown that you cannot suppress negative emotions. And indeed, if it appears you have, based on your behavior, your limbic system tells a different story and remains highly active. So instead, it is better to become aware of your emotions, feel them, recognize them, and label them, and interrupt and calm your response. So You may say, I feel tense, my heart is beating so fast, or I am scared. By naming emotions provides space and emotional regulation helps you identify and learn from your feelings. Now, this is important for forgiveness, where you need to be aware of the hurt, anger and grief you may be facing. Now, my audience, to be honest, this is quite a complex skill to learn on your own. And some of you might be suffering from emotional regulation disorder. So I think it's important for me to hone in this skill alone in the next episode. So stay tuned. The third skill is shifting perspectives or reframing. Now, if you are one of my clients, then you will know what this skill is. But if you have not been practicing this tool lately, let me refresh your memory. This is to have you take a step back and observe your thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations. That means you cease to be a slave to your selfish narrative or sometimes I call it your internal dialogue. I often say that the first step to any kind of change is self-awareness, because an awareness of the sensation is very different from experiencing it and can provide the psychological distancing needed to move forward. That's why I often ask my clients to take a few steps back, because you just can't see clearly when you are in the frame, right? You've got to be outside the frame in order to see things clearly with objective. So observing anger is not the same as being angry. Mindfulness practices can provide a practical path to shifting your perspective and seeing that your experiences do not define who you are because you are not your feelings. They are fleeting. They come and go. The fourth skill that is important in order to forgive is empathy and compassion. Obviously, with empathy and compassion, they help you feel what another is experiencing and can be incredibly helpful on the path to forgiveness. Now, while empathy is powerful at understanding the pain of another, compassion encourages you to take action needed to reduce that suffering. Yes, apply self-compassion. 
And the last skill is radical responsibility. Radical responsibility requires being accountable for yourself, including your own mental health, owning your actions, feelings, thoughts, and behavior. Rather than reacting with fear, running away, or denying you have any power over what is happening, you must take action to avoid recurring harmful behavior. So you must recognize behaviors that are unhealthy, without judgment, of course, and take responsibility. All right, my audience. I sincerely hope that this episode inspires you to start practicing forgiveness. Now, to be honest, there is another、uh, set of tools from Dr. Luskin. So don't worry. Be happy. I will definitely include those tools as well as a deep dive into emotional regulation. So I look forward to have your company next week. Meanwhile, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to practice forgiveness. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www. drbarbarakiao. com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O. com. 